This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Gordon Damer flying solo once again. Larry Hardesty continues to enjoy his vacation. Hopefully he was able to avoid uh, the Nick game tonight as a very frustrating loss, but uh, we'll get into it. Of course, the number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. You can uh, find me on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer, but uh, most importantly, on your radio right here until midnight tonight. We will get into the uh, Aaron Judge stuff, the baseball stuff, the DeGrom stuff. We'll get to the, the Jets and the Giants this weekend. I believe legally we are obligated as a sports talk show to mention the name Zach Wilson or Mike White four times an hour. Not three, four times an hour. So we will uh, hold our legal obligation. But, of course, we have to start with the game you heard right here on 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Knicks uh, facing off against the Bucks at the Garden tonight. Knicks uh, lose to Milwaukee by six. And, boy, that missed free throw there at the end. Painful for some of us out there who um, were looking at the lot. Yeah, it was by six. Uh, Knicks lose 109 to 103, but a painful light for the Knicks. And after last night's game in Detroit, you know, it was kind of too tough to get too pumped up after that performance. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. And you knew it could certainly be offset if the Knicks came home tonight against a arrested Bucks team and did not show up. But that was not the case. The Knicks came out, and, and look, the Knicks, we've, we've mentioned it before, they're a pretty well-defined team, right? Good enough to beat the bad teams, but not good enough to beat the, the, the good teams. And the Bucks came in really good, 14-5 and five on the season. And you're thinking, all right, well, how are the Knicks going to be able to hang in this one? Bucks arrested, had the day off yesterday. Knicks played, and the Knicks came out right away and had some energy. Now, it wasn't pretty. It was a bit of an ugly game. Teams could not throw it in the ocean, especially not from three, but they played tough. Halftime, down two, and you're thinking to yourself, all right, okay. And some some anxious moments early on. Jalen Brunson left. Looked like he was banged up. I think he's da- uh, been dealing with a quad injury. Uh, but left early on, you're thinking, uh-oh, but he did come back. Mitchell Robinson, I think maybe it's clearly the best game of this season. It's one of the best games I think maybe he's ever had. 15 points, 20 rebounds, 10 on the offensive glass, and just um, clearly impacted the game from a defensive side uh, of of things. R.J. Barrett shot the ball better. Quentin Grimes, I thought, gave the Knicks some real energy and defense that they seemed to, to kind of feed off of. So there was great effort. They played tough. And you're thinking to yourself, man, if the Knicks could come with this effort every single night, They'd be, you know, they're not going to be playing the Bucks every single night. And this is the kind of effort that they need to compete. And they did have chances in the fourth quarter, had chances down the stretch. But as I said in the open there, it kind of feels like a rerun. They lose another game at home, close game, game that was in the balance in the final minutes or so. The Grizzlies game certainly was in the balance. Uh, the Blazers game was certainly in the balance in the closing minutes. And tonight, you're right there once again, and you lose. And just too many little mistakes. And this team should be beyond moral victories. And there's just too many things. The missed free throws. I mean, they shot 65% from the line. As I mentioned, couldn't throw it in the ocean from three. You have Julius Randle forcing shots left and right. Brunson battling through, so you don't want to crush him too much because he's obviously dealing with some sort of injury but missed a big free throw. I think he was one of four from the line tonight. 
You know, just little things here and there. R.J. Barrett going under the going under the screen rather than going over it, giving Grayson Allen just enough space to get off that three. You know, you in some ways you you'd rather have Giannis beat you than Grayson Allen beating you with three. So the Knicks, I believe, have not won a home game since November 11th, and it is just so frustrating because this was the kind of game. Now with the Knicks, who knows? Maybe it wouldn't have been. But it felt like this was the kind of game that they could kind of get things kind of refocused here and feed off of for the next few. A chance to get back to 500. And again, they play. They, this is the kind of game you want to see from them every single night. This was the kind of game you saw from them that first season under Tibbs where they came and they were ready to play from jump. They didn't fall behind early. They came with energy. They played some defense. And in the end, it is just that. It is a rerun once again, where there's a game late, and, and we kind of brought this up last night and, and talking about the team, it kind of feels like a lot of the same things just keep happening. And it's just, this is who the Knicks are. They're kind of right in the middle of the road. And on a night like tonight, where they brought all those different aspects that you need to see from a team that is not as talented as the good teams in the league, are they going to? Are you going to see that more often than not? Because history tells you, not, while you might have gotten it tonight, you're not going to get it all the time. So very frustrating loss for the Knicks tonight, and it feels like a rerun from the Grizzlies game to the Blazers game tonight. And uh, you, you'd like to think that you, you're not going to win them all, but you'd like to think you're not going to lose them all either. And so now the Knicks drop again, once again, two games under 500. Another winnable game that they're just not able to execute enough down the stretch against a good team to find a way to get a win. So the Knicks are right where they are, and it kind of feels like this is where they're going to remain until something kind of changes. They are a middle-of-the-pack team. They're good enough to beat the bad teams generally, but not good enough to beat the good teams. And they had their opportunities tonight once again and are not able to cash in. So you're just kind of sitting here wondering if you're a Nick fan, and I certainly want to hear from the Nick fans tonight. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Has this team already sapped your energy for the season? Because it feels like we've kind of been through this here. And what are you expecting to change with this group to kind of get them out of where they are, which is right in the middle of the road? They are mid. They are completely middle of the road. They're not good enough to beat the good teams, even though they had opportunities again tonight. And, and when, you're, when you're a team that's in the middle of the road, you got to figure out a way, something, a trade, a change, something to the rotation. But it doesn't really feel like any changes are around the corner for the Knicks. They're just going to kind of muddle their way through. And it would be one thing if, you know, you're, you're five or ten games into the season. You're almost at the, you're at the quarter pole here, right? You're 20, what, two games into the season, 21 games into the season, and this is where you find yourself. So a very frustrating night because, you know, if you had went out, at least for me, if the Knicks had went out and played their typical game and lost by 10 or 12, it would be one thing, right? They're not as good as the Bucks. They're not as talented as the Bucs. The Bucs have Giannis and Dedekupo, and you don't, right? They have an MVP, and you don't. And they are just more talented overall. But for you to be in this game, it's almost like the Knicks have to find the most painful way to lose a game. And that was certainly the case tonight. And you just wonder when a change is going to come, what the change is going to be, because it's clear right now 
something's got to change. There's no more predictable team, maybe in the NBA, than the Knicks. You know what you're going to get, and it's right smack dab in the middle. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, Nick fans, will get your calls. We'll, of course, talk about the Aaron Judge story out there from Jeff Passan about the contract proposal that the Yankees are looking to give to Aaron Judge. Lots of stuff to do on this Wednesday night. It is Gordon Damer flying solo on ESPN New York tonight, taking you up until midnight, only here on 98.7 FM. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Talking a little Knicks after the uh, disappointing performance tonight because, like, again, you know, you look at the box score, you watch the game, you you look at the numbers, and and there there are good things. There are always good things, but there's always just enough bad things for this Knicks team that get in the way. And they are, I said this, they're so predictable, but it's like, there's always something that pops up. So last night, Randall's fantastic against the Pistons, but like there's no carryover to tonight. Um, Mitchell Robinson was sensational tonight. Is that the, the Mitchell Robinson? You're going to get more nights than, than, than not? No, probably not. Uh, RJ Bar- Barrett shot the ball better tonight, but you know, the story with that this year, it's always something with this group and uh, they just cannot seem to close out these games. They cannot seem to get over the hump. And uh, it is a very, very frustrating. All right, let's go to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. David is in New Jersey. David, first up on ESPN New York tonight. Hello, Gordon. How are you tonight? I'm good, David. What's going on, man? I'm a Knicks season ticket holder. I was at the game tonight, and my, you're right on target. The, the team lacks basketball IQ. They play hard, but they just don't get it sometimes. I don't know if they don't relate to Thibodeau or they just don't listen or they're just out of sorts. But so many times, especially the last two or three years, they put themselves in the position to win a game and then just intellectually basketball IQ wise, they miss the boat. Barrett going under that screen. You learn in third grade grammar school basketball. You never go under a screen like that. A professional basketball of his skill level. How does he do that? I mean, as good a game as he played, yep. that's what sticks in your mind. And then the free throw shooting, you know, it's, it's, it's sickening that they just, when the pressure's on all of them, Randall, Barrett, they miss the key free throws. So this team really has to understand, the management has to understand, you need players with basketball IQ. Extreme skill level is terrific, but with the lack of basketball IQ, this team will go nowhere. It'll be the same thing, as you point out, exactly on the nose they'll be in these games they'll break our hearts but they'll never reach that level of winning and beating good teams consistently it's it's enormously frustrating yeah i mean this is this is killer and uh and david thanks for the phone call last year i felt like uh especially early in the season it was a lot of flat starts like they would fall behind early they wouldn't come out ready to play that doesn't really feel like the case at least not lately lately it's been down the stretch of these games and and look i'm not gonna you know crush uh jalen brunson because i think brunson has has delivered so far but you thought that when you got the point guard uh, that that would kind of help uh, alleviate some of the issues down stretches of the games, right? You have somebody to run the offense, and he has been good, and he's battling through something tonight and, and came back and, and clearly 
Uh, you don't want to hammer him for missing a, a key free throw down the stretch, but it's just those little things. There's way too many of those little things with this Knicks team, and this Knicks team is not good enough to overcome those little things. You know, missed free throws. Um, you know, uh, R.J. Barrett, as you mentioned, uh, you know, with, with the screen, allowing Grayson Allen to, to get the shot there. Um, you know, just uh, R.J. Barrett also with the three-pointer there. Uh, that was, you know, wildly off. His shot has been off so far this year, and tonight was a good night for him overall. But when you don't execute down the stretch of games like this and you allow another opportunity to get away, and this was a big one. Look, they're all big. When you're, when you're kind of floating along, the Knicks are looking for something right now. They're looking for some kind of spark. They're looking for some sort of, you know, to kind of get them pointed in the right direction. And if you would have been able to fight your way to a win tonight against the Bucks on your home court, in the second of a back-to-back, get back to 500, you, you might feel like, all right, you know, let's, we got some, some good mojo going. We're moving in the right direction for a change. But it just feels like more of the same. And, and again, it's 20 games into the season. It's, it's, not a, uh, it's not the whole sample size. It's not half the season. But you just kinda, it just kind of feels um, flat. It just kind of feels reminiscent of other games, and it doesn't seem to be. Uh, really any changes. So you're just kind of wondering with this group that you have, are you going to make a trade? Are you going to change something up? I mean, there's been plenty of Nick fans who want to see a, a change at head coach. I've said before, I don't think that that's going to happen. I don't think that this regime wants to give in to that because I think that they want to kind of uh, preach stability and that they want to preach, you know, I mean, that's their whole plan is to kind of put something on the floor that is respectable but maintain flexibility and and when you know there's a move to be made that can make them take that next jump up they're going to make it they came close with donovan mitchell didn't pull the trigger for whatever reason felt like they were giving up too much but you're still in that same kind of boat and it makes you wonder when is that what what is the move that is going to get this team over the hump because you'd like to think that it's going to come from the group that you have but again it hasn't come from the group that you have. And, and now you're back on two games under 500. Who do you got coming up? You got uh, the, the Mavericks coming up. I think you got the Hawks coming up. So, you know, these games, they don't stop. And this was an opportunity to kind of get back to break even, feel good about yourselves, follow up an easy win with a real good home win. And uh, it just didn't happen. Just didn't come to be. And, and it's very reminiscent of the other games that you've seen here at the Garden. It, it, I mean, it. <laughs> It's like a carbon, uh, a carbon copy. No other way around it. Uh, let's go out to uh, Carlos is in the Bronx. Carlos, you're next up on ESPN New York tonight. Hey, Gordon. What's up? What's going on, Carlos? No, yeah. no. Nah, nah, um, you know, I think, I think, well, I think Tips should, should be changed as a head coach. You know, I, he, I, like the players, the, they play for him like every other night. You know, they give him a little bit of effort. But, I think we need like a change of uh, uh, somebody more offensive minded, somebody that connects more with the younger players. You know, like you take a look at Utah, and if, if let's be honest, Utah's roster is not better than Knicks' roster. And look at them, how they're yeah. playing. You know, well, Carlos, and thanks for the phone call. I mean, the offense really hasn't been the problem. The Knicks are scoring points, uh, but there's it's always something. And it's it's different on, on on in different games, but the the story, the ending of the story is the same. They come close, can't get over the hump. 
And at some point, something's got to change. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. We'll continue to take your phone calls on the Knicks. We'll get into the Aaron Judge situation with the Yankees. Lots of stuff to get into as we take you up until midnight tonight. It is Gordon Damer flying solo on ESPN New York tonight. 98.7 FM and the all-new ESPN New York app. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Honest tonight before fouling out 37 points, 13 rebounds, 7 assists. So obviously he's sensational. But, you know, I got to be honest. I felt like Mitchell Robinson did a pretty good job on him. (laughs) And he still had 37 points, 13 rebounds, and 7 assists. And it almost feels like the Knicks are being – and not that uh, Donovan Mitchell is at that level, but it almost feels like the Knicks are being tortured by – their inability to land that star player, that star players look like stars regularly against the Knicks. Giannis tonight, uh, Donovan Mitchell earlier this year. I think Tatum had a monster game. Obviously, John Morant uh, killed them. Steph Curry killed them. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And, uh, the, the, you know, it's very fr- – you know, again – they're more competent than they were the previous re- than the previous regime was. Right, they're winning twenty one games or eighteen games a season, but it still kind of feels like you're just kind of stuck in the middle. And at what point are you going to change something? Because it's it's pretty clear something's got to change, and you can't just wait for, you know, I get it when you're uh, Leon Rose and you come in and you say we don't want to get ourselves locked into anything so that when the star player becomes available we have the you know the assets and the ability to make a move like that but at some point you got to pick a lane here right i mean you got to do something you can't just w- wait around and um hope that it eventually comes you you're going to have to kind of figure out a way forward and it doesn't really feel like the Knicks have done that so far. All right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Uh, Vinny is in a story of Vinny next up on ESPN New York tonight. Hi there. How are you? Hey, Vinny. What's going I on? I love the show. Thank I you. Don't know, uh, I, would, I just want – I had a little bit of a slight analytic story where we are as far as Knicks fans and all. Okay. I think looking at it from a perspective – you know, they br- they bring Brunson from a great team from Dallas who have a star already and giving them 30, 40 points, right? So you bring Brunson and you're thinking that, oh, he's going to make you a star. Uh, really clearly not. You need to have a star in a team who can carry these last minutes, who can give you that carryover. For example, uh, Donovan Mitchell, he came up, he just showed up, he killed the Knicks. Uh, any other star that comes from the from the good teams, they, they're killing them. I mean, that's what you're missing. And I know you didn't trade because you thought that it's probably not a good idea to trade because it's probably too expensive. But guess what? It's going to get a lot more expensive now. What do you think? Well, I don't think that I thought, and thanks for the phone call, Vinny, I don't think that I thought that Brunson was going to make stars out of uh, Nick players. I thought that, you know, and he's been good. He hasn't really been the issue. Uh, I thought that he was, you finally had somebody who was going to run the offense, um, somebody who was going to help other guys get the ball in in the right spot and help the offense be another scorer. Uh, So I didn't look at it like he was all of a sudden going to come here and, and and make Julius Randle look like Randle from a couple of years ago. I did think that R.J. Barrett was going to be better. I don't think that, that has anything really to do with Brunson. I think that Barrett's shot has just been off all season long. 
and I'm not really sure why. And tonight was not one of those examples. He actually had a, a pretty good uh, night shooting the ball. Um, but I, I didn't look at Brunson as being, hey, now we got the piece that's going to make all the other pieces into superstars. I thought it would just make them a little bit better overall as a team. Um, but, yeah, I mean, in terms of the star player, that's the, pro- that's the problem with waiting, going that route and, and waiting around for one of those guys to kind of shake free. They haven't shook free. Uh, the, the one guy that has shook free here in the last couple of years was Donovan Mitchell. And it's kind of hard to envision, as I said last night, there being a better uh, guy to kind of line up with all the different things that, you know, he had going for him if you were a Nick. It, the Knicks had enough pieces to be able to make that trade. He's from New York. You think that he would want to come here, uh, but it did not happen. At the end of the day, they felt like it was just too much of a price to pay. But now you're back at square one waiting for that next guy. That would clear. That would be a big shakeup, right? Like that's what you're talking about. Because when, when you hire Leon Rose, that's, that's kind of what we've been waiting for the entire time. It was not about um, you know drafting and developing and all those type of things. When you hire a former agent you think all right this guy's going to be able to find us a, a way to either sign a free agent or to make a trade for a giant star that's going to come here and change the fortunes of the team and that has not happened as of yet and they've, they've tried to remain flexible but you know we don't have forever <laughs> you know time's a ticking here and uh, it's very frustrating when you're watching games like this where obviously if the Knicks had a star player to match you know not the, not that there's many guys who can match up with Giannis but it was, they didn't need somebody to match up with Giannis. They were right there tonight, and uh, just are not able to execute down the stretch. Rob is in the Bronx. Rob, next up on ESPN New York tonight. Hey, how's it going today? Hey, Rob. Good, good. I just want to talk about the game tonight. You know, it's it's, a, it's the type of thing where Jalen Brunson, he came over here. He didn't miss one free throw. He missed critical free throws that if you add all these missing free throws up, I like to always say free throws win games. And a lot of times, we if you add up our, our points on missed free throws, we would probably win the game. And oh, I, yeah. agree with what the, I agree with what the caller said earlier. I think it's time for Tibbs to go. I think we need to look in a younger direction. Like, why are the Knicks not even considering Mark Jackson? Look, he's a He's a hometown kid, Queens, New York, a beloved Nick. Did great things over there in Golden State. Give him a shot. And imagine, all you callers, all you Knicks fans, imagine if we still had Porzingis. Look what Porzingis is doing over there in D.C. Porzingis is making me feel like a proud dad right now because we taught him all of that. And look at him. Look at Porzingis tonight. 19 rebounds, 27 points I think he has. He's going crazy over there in D.C. He's becoming a leader. He wants to shine in the light. He's calling for the ball. Imagine if we still had him. Well, I mean, that's uh, that's a long time ago, Rob. Uh, thanks for the phone call. I mean, uh, I don't know how many uh, times the Knicks uh, have uh, missed out, you know. Uh, Porzingis misses a ton of games. The dude's always hurt. He seems like he's an injury waiting to happen. I- I'm glad that maybe he's gotten things, you know, pointed in the right direction, but it didn't seem like he really wanted to be here. Um, and uh, the Knicks moved on from there. I-, I wasn't a big fan of the trade at the time uh, because they traded him away for essentially cap space and then didn't land anything with the cap space, but that, that ship has sailed. That ship has sailed. And, and look, 
I, I get it. Nick fans can, you know, yell and scream about the coach. Um, it, it was not my choice at the time. And I would agree that generally Tibbs's reputation is, you know, right away, first out of the box, that's the best that you're going to get. And then the message starts to, to, to kind of wane after a little while and the, and the results start to wane after a little while. And, and maybe at some point this year, the Knicks will be forced to make a move that they won't be able to make a trade, they won't be able to do something to shake things up, and that that will be, you can't fire all the players, so you'll eventually fire the coach. It seems pretty clear to me, this regime, that's kind of the last thing. The last thing they want to present is instability. They want to present that, you know, this is all going according to plan, this is all part of it, we, we brought back R.J. Barrett, we signed him to the contract extension, you know, we're, we're building in the right direction. And it's kind of hard to uh, make the argument that you are a stable organization if you're firing the coach, you know, basically two and a half years in. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number coming up. We'll get more of your phone calls. We'll uh, get into the Aaron Judge stuff, as I promised, plus the football, the Jets, the Giants, lots to do before midnight. It is Gordon Tamer. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York, and the all-new ESPN New York app. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. All right, so uh, we've been talking about the Knicks. We'll continue to take your phone calls on that. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone. It really feels like the only thing Knicks fans, it almost feels like the Knicks have played at a level that they've sapped the energy out of Knicks fans. And I didn't think that that was possible. That, that, was, not po- that was not possible when the Knicks have been way worse than than they are right now. Like when they've been way worse, Nick fans have been way more fired up. And certainly when they've been way better, not that they've done that a lot lately, but you know, a couple of years ago, Nick fans were why they have been it's almost like they've kind of put Nick fans into a trance and there is no more loyal fan base by far. The Knicks are number 1 and the race for second is way back. Nick fans are by far the most loyal around. And it's almost like the Knicks, where they're at now, kind of in the middle of the road, has kind of sapped the energy out of even the fan base. And I didn't think that that would have been possible. But let's talk a little uh, baseball with the uh, baseball winter meeting set to begin in San Diego on uh, Sunday. It looks like that that's when things might start get moving. Uh, Not to, you know, most sports free agencies – it starts and you got moves right away. Everything's getting shaken. Baseball, it's eh, we'll we'll get to it. When's the one? Eh, we'll get to it. But of course, the big one out there is obviously Aaron Judge, and there was a report from Jeff Passan that the uh, the Yankees have offered uh, the outfielder, the free agent, a, a contract offer in uh, the uh, neighborhood of three over three hundred million over eight years. So that would be thirty-seven and a half million dollars uh, on the table. And um, whether or not that's going to be enough to get it done. I mean, that's kind of, I mean, I know we've been talking about this for a while. That kind of feels like uh, that's what we've been looking at, right? Like, I, I kind of feel like that's almost like a reasonable deal considering some of the, th- I mean, I know it's coming from callers sometimes or it's coming from people who are just fans. But, I, I mean, people have been talking 400 million, 350, 300 million all of a sudden doesn't sound, 37 and a half million a year? That's not so. That's not so shabby. That's not too bad. Uh, we shall see. It's always, to me, during the season, it has always felt like Aaron Judge wants to get the best deal to remain a Yankee. Uh, and it kind of feels that way. Now, look, maybe the fact that this number's out there 
if you're one of these people that likes, you know, draw the string in the garage, like, um, you know, Russell Crowe in that movie, where he's, you know, he's all about the conspiracy. Maybe this is getting floated out there in case somebody else swoops in and the Yankees get, oh, look, we offered him $37.5 million a season. I don't know. But it's always kind of felt like to me that Aaron Judge is going to be back with the Yankees because the Yankees have told you their plan for this offseason is to run it back. They plan on running back essentially. They'll make some tweaks here or there, but they're essentially going to run back the same group. They won, you know, they won, what was it, 99 games? They won the American League East. They had a successful season in their, in, in their eyes. I know not in your eyes, not in my eyes, but they had a successful season. So it's very hard to run it back with the same group if the guy who is the biggest part of the group isn't going to be part of the group again. So if it's $300 million, if it's three twenty-five, the Yankees offseason hinges on making sure Aaron Judge is back. Because if you, again, I mentioned this before, do you want the problems now or do you want the problems later? I know people will call up and say, well, you know, you're going to sign a 31-year-old to an eight-year contract. Those contracts don't age well. A guy his size, how do you think he's going to age? I get it. There are legitimate concerns. These $100 million contracts generally don't age well. You know that you're probably going to be buying a couple of years where it's just kind of dead money on your books. But do you want the problems now or do you want the problems later? Because here's the thing. If you say, all right, you know what? We're, this is all we're going to do, and we're not going to go beyond that, and you end up losing Aaron Judge. Well, now you got a lot of resources to be able to go out and replace him. That's true. How do you go out and replace him? And do you trust the group that is making the decisions right now to be able to take those resources and use them in the right way to replace them? I, I, don't, know that I, that I don't know that I would. I don't know that I do. So you really got to kind of question yourself. Do you want the problems now or do you want the problems later? You know if you have Aaron Judge back that there's a good chance you're going to be a good team again next year. You're going to be, you know, likely in the playoff mix. I don't know if they're going to win the division again. They don't do that every year. But they should be right there in the mix. I don't think he's going to have the season that he had this past season. That would be a little ridiculous to expect. But you should be a pretty good team. Now, that means you're, you're almost certainly going to have problems later. But those are, pro- those are almost maybe problems for someone else. You know, eight years from now, who know- oh, God knows what the things will look like eight years from now. That's a lifetime in sports. That might be long enough that uh, Brian Cashman won't be the Yankee GM anymore. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm talking crazy. I mean, he's practically a member of the family if he's not already. But eight years from now, that might be somebody else's problem to deal with. If you decide right now that he's not going to be back, well, then you're opening up a whole bunch of problems now. And it's very hard to to say, hey, we're going to run this back from last year. We feel like we had a good enough team, and it was just the injuries that got us. That's the reason why we got swept by the Astros. And that's the reason why our offense did not click once again in the playoffs. It was the injuries. Ah, those darned injuries. But it's very hard to be able to run it back with the same group if the guy who is the the biggest part of the group is not going to be back and and be part of the group. So I do expect that Judge is going to be back with the Yankees. I don't know that I I would be surprised if it's only $300 million. I expect it to be a lot more than that. But at the end of the day, I do think he'll be back, and we'll just have to wait and see here at the baseball winter meetings. If that move happens, if any move happens, it feels like it's just kind of waiting for the Judge thing before anybody makes any other moves. So hopefully that gets done soon and baseball can start to have some 
some actual movement in terms of free agents. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Let's go back to the phones. People still want to talk about the Knicks. Tom is in the Bronx. Tom, you're next up on ESPN New York tonight. Hey, how you doing, Gordon? Uh, hey, just Tom, a quick on, soccer point. Soccer point? Uh, okay. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. All I'm right. Joking. I was going to say that's uh, as many <laughs> points as sometimes there are in soccer. Sorry, go ahead. That's right, cool. Uh, so I'm looking to see the Knicks trade maybe at the deadline and uh, get rid of Randall and maybe bring in some, some more youth. I mean, I know they're already a pretty young team, but he doesn't seem to fit the leadership role they're asking of him. Right. right. You know? Like, and like uh, I think a previous caller mentioned, like, Thibodeau's really not getting the guys every night playing hard. And he doesn't seem like the guy that, that's going to groom these younger players into the stars that we want them to be. So, yeah, you know, it's I'm almost like another uh, another way that you're kind of stuck in the middle, right? Like the 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 established players that you have are not good enough to take you to the level you want to be at, but uh, they they have a coach that's not going to really turn things over to the youth movement in any stretch, and and the organization doesn't want to do that either. Uh, you know, like when they were picking a coach, I mean, they could not have had a more clear two separate paths to go down, either the Kenny Atkinson path where you're developing people over time and, and kind of hoping in three years you're going to be at a place that it's going to take a little while to get there, or you can go the Tibbs route and you get the immediate results right away, and then maybe over time and that, by that year three, the message starts to fade, and they, they went clearly the, the, the second route. So, uh, yeah, is, that's kind of Atkinson another way that they're stuck there? in the middle. Is Kenny Atkinson still sitting out there as a – uh, he's an assistant with the the Warriors. He's so maybe you pull him in. And again, with Randall, too, I feel like even if you were to bring in a second star, he don't seem like a guy that gels. Like, he lost that. When he came back and he was cutting weight and he was playing really well, he was an MVP candidate, he, yeah, that guy's gone, you know? Yeah, and that was the only time that it happened, right? I mean, that's the, that's the problem with that as well. And, uh, look, uh, I, I hope – I, that feels like a big piece, right? And, Tom, thanks for the phone call. Uh, I don't know that that's going to – I don't see anybody lining up to get Julius Randle. Um, not with that, you know, the contract that he still has. He still has, I think, three years after this year at about, you know, basically $30 million uh, a season. So um, – and, look, if, if you're changing that part of it, then, you, I mean, that's really the, the – the biggest part of it is Tibbs and, and Randall. That's like the, the heart of the team. And you're hoping that R.J. Barron is going to eventually kind of take over that mantle as the, as the best player on the team. But that has not happened as of yet. And, uh, and with the regression that he's had so far this year, kind of makes you wonder, like, is that ever going to happen? I don't know. Uh, let's go to uh, Vernon is in Freeport. Freeport. Easy for me to say. Vernon, next up on ESPN New York tonight. Hey, Gordon. How are you? Good evening. Good, uh, just real quick, two things. One about the, <clears throat> the Knicks. The Knicks just aren't good, Gordon. We're not talented <laughs> enough. Everyone wants yeah. to, you know, fire this guy, get yeah. rid of that guy. We're not good. When Julius Randle is your number one option, you're not good. Like, that's yeah. just it. That's the bottom line. Period. Stop. There's nothing else to talk about. There's no, Like, the, the, the Knicks' talent evaluators haven't done their job. Blame Leon Rose. You want to fire Thibodeau. Blame World Wide West. These guys were brought here because they said people were going to want to follow them. No one's come to follow them, Gordon. No, Nobody. Absolutely. And look, so Tibbs, clearly, you know, I have problems with Tibbs at times, but Tibbs has done what Tibbs does. I mean, this is Tibbs. Yes. Like, you knew what you were getting into. Leon Rose came here with the reputation, hey, this is the former super agent. He has not lived up to his end of the bargain so far. Gordon, thank you. 
Thank you, because that's talent is the problem. You're not going to beat Milwaukee. You're not going to beat the upper echelon teams in the NBA on a consistent basis with this talent. Bottom line. And and real quick, just over to the Yankees. I love Judge. I pray he stays. Lifelong Yankee fan. But at the end of the day, Gordon, money is going to be the key to everything. I don't, I, And I believe he should follow the money. This is oh, generational absolutely. wealth for his family, for, for generations to come, his kids that he doesn't even have yet. So at the end of the day, if San Francisco is going to ante up 10 years, $40 million a year, the Yankees are not matching that money, and I'm going to miss them. Yeah, no, no question, Vernon. And uh, and look, I will not. I don't generally blame players for for going to, for the highest dollar because I would do that apps a hundred percent of the time. The only thing I would criticize, like if he goes, say, to San Francisco, and it's like a million more a season or two million more a season. Yes, it's more money, but like sometimes you're better off with the the situation you know. And you would have to say, coming back to the Yankees, you know that generally they're going to put a product. That on the field that is going to have a chance to go to the playoffs. And if you get into the playoffs, generally at least you have a shot at winning a World Series. So that would be the one thing. But no, if, if the Giants or some other team says, we'll give you 10 years, 400 million, and the Yankees are at, what is it? What did I say? Eight for 300? Well, then, yeah, I mean, how can you turn that down? I mean, <laughs> it's going to be a long, cold day someplace when I turn down 100 million. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that for sure. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. So coming up, let's get into a, a little football for this weekend. It's quickly approaching. We have waited years to have meaningful games in December. And this weekend, we will have meaningful games in December for the Jets, for the Giants. So we'll touch on that next. It is Gordon Damer flying solo here on ESPN New York tonight. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. This is ESPN New York tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. I did want to touch on some football because, you know, time is ticking here. We don't have that long of a show to do so. We will have a full show tomorrow night, though. Full two hours, 10 to midnight. So uh, make sure you are uh, by the radio for that one because then we're really going to focus on the football tomorrow. But I did want to kind of touch on a couple of things. One Giant, one Jets. The Giants conversation that we've been kind of having as a station here about if, if the Giants don't make the playoffs this year, will the season be a failure? Failure is too strong a word. But as I said last night, it would absolutely be a wasted season because think about it. What did you want to get out of this Giants season coming into it? You wanted to evaluate what you have. And it felt like when you were sitting there at six and one or seven and two that you were evaluating, right? Like, oh well, look at look at what Daniel Jones is doing. Look at what Saquon Barkley is doing. Look at what this coaching staff is doing. And it felt like you were evaluating. But if it turns out that you can't even get to nine wins when you're you were at seven and two and you play 17 of them. What did you really find out? Like, if you end up, you, you've already lost three or four. If you only win two more games the rest of the way, did you really find out about Daniel Jones being your long-term solution at quarterback? You've already kind of seen the drop-off that Saquon Barkley's had here the last couple of weeks. Now, maybe he starts to pick it back up again. But it does feel, I wouldn't say it's a failure. That's too strong a word. But it would be a collapse. You'd have to say it would absolutely be a collapse because the two things in the NFC, there's really only eight teams battling for seven spots. 
The only way the Giants miss the playoffs this year is if, if, if Washington overtakes them, who you play twice, and Seattle overtakes you, who you've already played and lost to. That's the only, there's nobody else coming up and, and catching you. So really, you only have to win two games the rest of the way. You got to be able to find a way to win two games. So yes, if you don't make the playoffs, I would not say it's a failure, but it would be a total collapse, and it would, it would completely be a wasted. It would take all the good vibes that you had after this season, on the quarterback, on Saquon, on the coach, on the new regime, on the fresh direction of the organization, and it would absolutely put a big crimp in the plans there. It would, you would absolutely look back on this year and feel a whole lot differently than you do right now, or you would if you at least make the playoffs. So that's the one thing. The second thing is, I, I'm looking forward to the Jet game this week because people are losing their minds. People are losing their ever... Mike White is making people lose their ever-loving minds. Now, I think most of us are in agreement that Mike White is the Jets' best option at quarterback at this point. It's not a perfect plan, but he's your best option. When your options are Zach Wilson, Joe Flacco, or Mike White, yeah, clearly Mike White is the best option. But while we're all in agreement on, or most of us are in agreement on that, there is a subsection of the two people, of the two groups, I should say. I'm in the group of Mike White is your best option, mainly because Zach Wilson is terrible. But there's a splinter group from the overall group that thinks Mike White is the best option because Mike White is awesome. Like, I don't know. People are they're out of their minds. Last night, we had Richard Sherman telling you that already, after one game against the Bears in the rain when the Bears are losing all these starters, that he's a franchise quarterback. It's already been determined. He, Mike White is already a franchise quarterback. Then, earlier today, the, the, the sickness, the illness, the, the dementia, I don't know what it is, has apparently gotten to Mike Martz because he compares Mike White to Kurt Warner. Here is Mike Martz on Barton Hahn. The comparison between the two is how quick the ball comes out and how accurate it is. I was amazed at how quick he got the ball out, how sharp everything was, how quickly he saw everything. And I thought his decisions were not just good decisions, excellent decisions, but they were done so quickly. And his footwork is really good. For a young guy, the footwork is everything. I just uh, I want to keep watching him. That's not a fluke now. He stayed very composed. It's not too big for him, and he has the physical abilities. That was my, just watching him, I just remember Kurt just flashed in my head because the ball comes out so unusually fast, and that's what you want. All right, well, it's already been decided. Mike White, start planning the ceremony to give him the green jacket. I would just simply say, where have these people been? If it's so crystal clear already, that Mike White is, you know, now getting comparisons to Kurt Warner or is already a franchise quarterback. The guy's been in the league for five years. He's been around. Why haven't people been shouting this from the rooftops? In, in our day and age of hot takes, this would have been one of the hottest. Hey, you know what you got to do? Any team that is looking for a quarterback right now, I got the guy. It's Mike White. 
He's a backup on the Cowboys a couple of years ago. He's a backup quarterback on the Jets. Go get that guy. Why did nobody say that? And it almost feels like that this kind of thinking, this instantaneous, oh, this is, this is 100% true based on this small little sample size, this is what got the Jets into trouble with Zach Wilson. Going into the draft process, it seemed pretty clear that Justin Fields was going to be the second overall pick, and then Zach Wilson made a throw at a pro day. Oh, my God. Did you see the throw? It was all over Twitter. It was all over the... Oh, my God, the throw. You got to take this guy, number two. So this kind of thinking, I think, has already led the Jets down this bad road where they clearly, it seems like at this point, made the wrong pick at number two. And it seems like they kind of agree right now, too, that they're not, you know, they're already ready to cash in the chips on the, the second overall pick 20 games into his career. But I, I, I want to have what they're having, man, that you could instant, instantaneously know that this guy's a franchise guy. This guy now is, is going to compare to, um, to Kurt Warner, who is, is, is a Hall of Fame quarterback. It's amazing. It's incredible. I don't know how they do it. All right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Bob is in Ridgewood. Bob, you're next up on ESPN New York. Yeah, hey, Gordon. I, I told you about the Yankees, but I, I agree with you 100% about the Giants and that if, okay. they, if they lose out oh my God. and they uh, don't make the playoffs, that, you know, most likely that Daniel Jones would have been a big part of that and he would be showing that he's not the guy for the future. So I, I feel bad about that because I like him. But, it, yeah, I agree with you. If they lose out, he probably won't be the quarterback next year. Um, but but I, I did have a question about the Yankees, if, sure. if you would. If, if, the, uh, if, if the Yankees are outbid and, say, Judge has to go elsewhere for more money and we all agree that he, he has to look out for his best interests, who, who do you think the Yankees would, would zero in on as, you know, for free agents that would help them the best this year, the, the free agents that are out there? Like, they have all this money to spend. Where, where do you think they would spend it? I would think that they would have to go out and get somebody at shortstop because uh, that's where the value is in this, um, in, in this free agent class, right? If you're looking for somebody to immediately come in here, you already signed Rizzo, so he's back. Um, there doesn't seem to be any, you know, second basemen that are really um, anything great. There's no third baseman. There's no um, – I don't really think that there's any great outfield. You know, Ben Attendee is probably – uh, or, or Nimmo, you know, those are not guys that are going to be able to, to kind of replace Aaron Judge. So I think that you would kind of have to dip your toe into the shortstop market because that's where the value is. Now, I don't know that they would go after Carlos Correa. And, and part of me, in a, in a macabre kind of way, Bob, is almost interested to see what the Yankee plan would be. Not in reality, just to kind of know what direction they would go in because it doesn't seem like that right now uh, that they would be willing to, to go the price on any of the shortstops because they love Volpe and they think that they're – you know, their farm system is going to produce guys here. They don't want to really sink money into that position. But I think that they would kind of be forced to. If they end up losing Aaron Judge, they would have to go out and make some sort of major move to uh, kind of get the stink off of that. And when you take a look at this free agent class, I don't know if it's Correa. I don't know if it's Bogarts. I don't know if it's Trey Turner. I would think that that would have to be where the plan B would start. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it would have to be like a big splash like a Correa or Bogarts. You know, but at, at third, are they going to they going to live with um, you know Donaldson? the situation? Yeah, that they, I mean Donaldson right now, which was horrendous at the end of last year. I mean that would be terrible. 
Yeah. Now, I mean, well, look, the only thing is, and Bob, thanks for the phone call, is, you know, assuming that DJ LeMayhew will be back and at least healthy at some point next year. I don't know. They haven't, I don't think they've made a decision yet on whether or not he's going to have the surgery on the toe or not. But he's going to be back. And, and you would think, like, with the shift being out of, uh, out of baseball next year, I don't know that, you know, at 34, I think uh, LeMayhew would be next year coming off this significant injury that you're going to be playing him at second base very often. So I think he's probably going to be more third base, first base kind of guy. So if he's healthy, maybe he could spell Donaldson a little bit. But, uh, yeah, the fact that Donaldson seems like he's entrenched at third base, that's a bigger problem. That's a big problem right there, man. Yeah, it does make you feel good. Um, Let's squeeze in a couple more calls here. Let's go to Jan and Yonkers. Jan, next up on ESPN New York tonight. Hi, how you doing, Gordon? Great show. Thanks, man. Mitchell Robinson had a great game, unfortunately, for all for nothing. Uh, the problem, I think, with the, the Knicks is the defense against the three-point shot. It's horrendous. Yeah. Okay? And I, and all the teams in the NBA know that we're horrible at defending against the three. That's point number one. The is- inconsistency of the offense is another point. R.J. Barrett scores 20 points one night. You can't see him the next night. Same with Julius. He had 35 last night. He only had 20 tonight. And when is Evan Fournier? to get any playing time and thank you for taking my call yeah i don't think that that's going to happen anytime soon like there's a lot of different ways the knicks can go getting fournier back in the mix i don't think that that's one of them uh i think that 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 his next move is not going to be from the bench it's going to be to another team uh now i don't know what what uh, a trade would look like but uh, it doesn't seem like that 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 fournier is going to be back in the plans here uh really anytime soon uh, and look tonight uh what did milwaukee shoot tonight they shot uh 29 from three and I don't know that that was such great Nick defense, but at least it's, so, <laughs> you know, they all can't go in. It feels like with the Knicks a lot of times from three, the other team, they can all go in. It feels like they all go in. Uh, let's go out to uh, Larry is in West Orange. Larry, you're next up on ESPN New York tonight. Hey, Gordon, how's it going? Um, good, man. What's I, going I, Kyle, will say, I will say this. I, I, I definitely don't think it's a failure. I, I'd say maybe it's a disappointment, but the way I look at it is this. When they were seven and two, it was like smoke and mirrors. And you looked at their schedule. They weren't going to – they had a chance to make the playoffs. And I still think they can if they can beat Washington, right? But you got a lot out of this season. Dayball changed the culture of the team. He's got them believing in themselves. I think you have found out about Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is an average quarterback. That's what you found out. And if they lose the rest of their games, then they can easily jettison them and move on to somebody else. So I, I don't think it's a – I don't think it's a loss. I don't think it's a, it's bad – it, or it, I don't think it's even a choke. I just don't – I don't think they can beat the teams they're going to play. Philadelphia is better than them. Minnesota is better than them. best they can do is split with Washington. I, I just – you know, the Giants are who they are. Yeah, and look, I, I think that the Giants, uh, you know, um, should be able to beat Washington at least once and uh, should be able to, to beat the Colts. And, and who knows, maybe you get lucky with another game. You know, if you get to nine and you don't make it in – that's one thing, but if you don't even get to nine, yeah, no. that to me would be a real. I mean, you just, I mean, yeah, you know no, I understand what you're saying. This. Listen, Sunday's the key. Sunday, yeah. they have to win Sunday. Yeah, if they don't win Sunday, then basically you should start yeah. figuring out what he's going to do next year. Yeah, the the roof is caving in at that point. All right, Larry, thanks for the phone call. Yeah, I mean, uh, that is you really can't have much more riding. Uh, you know, we've waited so long for a, a meaningful December game. You really can't have much more of a more meaningful game for the Giants this week. They have to beat Washington. That's a team that they have generally done very well against. And 
look, the, the, the commanders have been red hot. It does feel like the quarterback Heineke is always – he always has a couple of, like, turnover-worthy plays, and it just – you know, for whatever reason, they don't turn out to be turnovers. The Giants have to figure out a way to get some of those turnovers and, and get a win this week because, you know, it's all well and good to sit here right now and say, hey, if they lose, you know, basically lose out, if they only win one game in the second half down the stretch – it won't be this. It won't be that. People will lose their ever-loving minds, even with no expectations coming into the season. I mean, we were talking about Brian Dable being maybe the coach of the year given the way that the, the job that he's done. And if you're losing, you know, seven of eight to close out the season or whatever it would be to close out the season, yeah, I would still not say it's a failure, but, man, it would put a, a completely different spin it would feel like that first half of the season, those wins were absolutely fool's gold. And now, much like the Knicks, you're in the middle of the road, right? You'll, you'll be picking 14th, 15th in the draft and, and, and kind of out on the quarterback. Though who knows with, the, with Saquon, who knows with the rest of the roster. It will feel like a whole different world. Get in, and you'll feel a whole lot better about things. No question about it. Quickly, we'll go to Jonathan in L.A. Jonathan, go, man. I got a minute. All right, really quick. All right. Gordon, uh, okay, so let's say uh, the Giants offer a judge uh, 350-360. Do you think the Yankees will even match that, or they'll just ju let judge go? Really quick, too, with the World Cup two weeks ago, you were trying to get a good team with the value. I just want, was interested. Who was that team? Was it Portugal or Belgium? I but went with Belgium, but I also put uh, I put a half a unit on Belgium. I put a full unit on Spain. I went off the board. Nobody uh, suggested Spain, but I uh, my vast soccer expertise allowed me to uh, to pick that one up, and it's turned out so far so good. We'll see uh, when we get what was it the knockout round. We'll see when we get into the knockout round. Well, you know what's going to get knocked out? Me right now. Well, the show's already over. Well, thank you to uh, Jacob. Thank you to Julian tonight. Thanks to all the callers as well. We are back tomorrow night. Full show starting at 10 o'clock right after Dan Grassa. Be there or be square, people. We'll see you then. Gordon Damer, out. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.